welcome to our newly named we got a name we got a name orange and black and beyond podcast where we focus mainly on oregon state uh, beaver sports i'm brian osu class of 1996 and fervent osu women's basketball fan this is my partner pete yes i am pete i uh, graduated from osu in 1993 big fan of baseball and basketball and the whole thing but I'm just a nut about Oregon State sports in general. Yep. So um, first we'll talk about what's happened since our last show. Uh, so Pete, let's start with, uh, it's odd for us, but we'll start with football. Well, yeah, it's, it's the off season, but there's important stuff afoot. Uh, after a 5-7 and seven season uh, that showed some real promise and life in a program that just Three seasons ago, really seemed like it had been left for dead. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, coach abandoned in the middle of the yeah. season. Um, Oregon State University has extended the contract of the head football coach, Mr. Jonathan Smith, through 2025. Tremendous opportunity for the program to gain some solid footing finally, and with any luck at all, become competitive year in and year out. It's a similar season this year, actually, in '98, when Smith was a quarterback and uh, Beavers went five and six that year, and that launched a decade and a half of being a really competitive football team in the Pac-12. And if Coach Smith can do some of the great work as a coach, as he did as a quarterback, and learn the lessons from his mentors, Coach Mike Riley and Dennis Erickson, Bobby Houck at Montana, Chris Peterson at Washington, um, what they did as coaches and taught him, uh, locking him up long-term will be the bellwether of a new era of competitive football, um, which would be awesome. Yeah, that's great. I mean... And like his whole lifelong story is really awesome, right? From Beaver Sports perspective, yeah. right? He was a walk-on quarterback. Hit. Turns out to be one of the best quarterbacks in program history. Now he's the head coach, and he's building the program to re- to rebuild. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, and um, they did complete their early signing period. Uh, they'll have their official signing day party next month. Um, but they landed several quality prospects from both high school and junior college ranks, and you got to do that when mm-hmm. you're rebuilding a program. Don't want to get too deep in the weeds on that yet because all the ink doesn't dry until February, technically. But they did reel in also a former Portland State offensive lineman, Corbin Sorensen, big guy with lots of experience, 6'6", 305. He's a graduate transfer. Uh, And then for my money, the biggest news in football is that they seem poised to return to being linebacker U. This is exciting. They've got – remember in the days when when they were really, Mm -hmm. really dominant on defense, they had Tavita Moala. Nick Barnett, Richard Siegler, James Allen, Derek Doggett, Michael Docker. So many great yeah. uh, linebackers coming through Corvallis. Um, and the, the cool thing is this year, this is great, um, All-America linebacker Hamilton Rashid Jr. has elected to come back for his senior season of football instead of going to the NFL, which is amazing because he led the nation in tackles for loss, fourth in the entire country in sacks. And uh, his injury at the end of the season actually was a big factor for the Beavers. He played through it, but he lost effectiveness. He couldn't use one of his hands, essentially. And that cost the Beavers dearly in both the shootout loss at Washington State and the nail-biter in the Civil War. Uh, speaking of linebackers, freshman Omar Spates uh, got another freshman All-America nod. This one awesome. from Football Writers Association <laughs> of America. He was already an All-America with USA Today, The Athletic, and 24 Sports. So that's so big. bright future ahead for for the football program, right? No, no those JC transfers are huge. They're really important. Like this early 2000s, we had some really awesome JC transfers. So. Yeah, and they're still holding out hope they can get Alex Lemon, the number one defensive end in the country. But he had some academic issues, so we'll see Think, <laughs> how yeah. that all turns out. Fingers crossed there. Yep. Uh, so what's next? Uh, what's going on with baseball? <clears throat> baseball. Let's see. 
Uh, well, it is off season. That doesn't mean nothing's happening. Baseball writers have to eat too. So <laughs> D1 Baseball uh, put together their all-decade collegiate team from the 2010s. Uh, three Beavers, no surprise, were on that team. No shock. Catcher Adley Rutschman was one of them. Second baseman Nick Madrigal, he was mm-hmm. on that team as well. And actually, Madrigal has a good shot at making the majors this season coming up. Um, 2018 that won the College World Series was just a force of nature. They were two of the biggest parts of that. Also, outfielder, absolute masher at the plate, Michael Conforto, who has been a major league all-star with the Mets, uh, he was named to the all-decade team as well. Well, that's awesome. So, Adley Rushman was also, I don't know if you saw this news story, he was uh, recently named the third best major league prospect execs have ever seen. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Right behind Bryce Harper and Steven Strasburg. No pressure. No pressure at all. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of Beaver baseball, one other former superstar, a guy that was integral to uh, the championships in 2006-2007, Darwin Barney, he was the shortstop for the back-to-back teams. He's moving from the field to the dugout to begin his coaching career, and he was in the Rangers uh, organization last year, and he's been named the manager of the AAA Nashville Sounds of the Texas Rangers organization. He spent eight years in the major leagues. Played with the Cubs, played with the Dodgers, played with the Blue Jays. Never made it up to the majors with the Rangers, but he was in the organization. Uh, his, the last couple of years, he was up and down between the majors and AAA. He wasn't a big hitter, mm-hmm. and he had a couple of injuries that were nagging. But he did hit 246. He won a gold glove as the Cubs' second baseman in 2012. Uh, one assistant that's going to be joining his staff is Tyler Graham, who did work at OSU on the staff of uh, Coach Casey. Uh, Graham was on the um, – he played 2012 – in the major leagues with the Diamondbacks, and then he spent several years up and down as well. Uh, he was the director of baseball operations for three years under Coach Casey, so uh, the, just before Jake Rodriguez took over that spot. So he's got a lot of baseball knowledge and, and should be really a big help. It's always it's always cool to see a lot of former Beavers become coaches, right? It'll be fun to see Barney coach because yeah. it was fun to watch him play. It really was. So uh, it'll be interesting. So yeah. good, good, cool to see what he's going to see at the, do in the dugout. Yep. Um, let's jump to gymnastics next. Yes. <laughs> gymnastics season finally officially got underway. Uh, Beavers were ranked 11th when they got their season underway officially. Uh, they finished second at the Critique Classic in Florida. Uh, the eighth-ranked Georgia Bulldogs won that meet, but OSU's Sabrina Gill did win the individual title on uneven bars. Then last week, the Beavers, uh, their ranking dropped to number 15, but they were uh, had their home opener at Gill Coliseum. They hosted a meet with Centenary, which is a uh, fun fact, alma mater of Boston Celtics great Robert Parrish. And I, I don't know why I know that. but Also, uh, Seattle Pacific University. Beavers won that meet, putting up the best team score in all four events. First place scores in all four events. The all-around actually went to Cami Austin of Centenary, but Caitlin Janish, Lacey Dagan, and Maddie Dagan all went one, two, three on vault for OSU. Hallie Briscoe, Alyssa Minyard, and Colette Yamako uh, went one, two, three on uneven bars. And then Isis Lowry, uh, Maya Lazaro, and Maddie Diggin went one, two, three on uneven bars. And then Lowry, Yanish, and Savannah Force went one, two, three on the floor. So it's safe to say they had a, a pretty dominating performance that day. Yeah, well, congrats to Sabrina Gill and the rest of the team. Um, so e- even if they're ranked 15, I think I was looking this up yet, last year, they were ranked 17 yeah. at this time and people need to remember they made it all the way to the NCAA semifinals. Yep. They had they a really good, uh, the country. yeah, it was awesome. So 
What's next, Pete? Uh, wrestling. <laughs> Let's talk about wrestling. Beavers wrestling team got a big win on the road earlier this month. They won six of their ten matches to take down. Pun intended there. Number 22, Michigan and Ann Arbor, 21 to 15. Devin Turner took the title at 133. Grant Willits beat number nine national ranked Cole Matten at 141. Lane Stiegel won 5-2 with two takedowns at the 149 weight. Aaron almost scored a 5-2 win at 165. And at 184, Beaver senior Colt Doyle came out ahead of Bobby Strigo, uh, 8-2. And 197-pounder J.J. Dixon actually locked up the team victory with a 4-3 thriller. And then last week, the Beavers had their home opener. Mm -hmm. And hometown fans were treated uh, quite well as the Beavers beat Northern Colorado 21-12. They took 7 out of 10 matches against the Bears. And then the final deciding match, heavyweight uh, Jamarcus Grant capped it off with a double overtime win, which well, is exciting. Awesome. We have tough heavy, always have tough heavyweights in yes. OC, right? Yeah. Um, let's talk about men's basketball. There's a big win yes, there indeed. this past weekend, uh, right? First, they did open up their Pac-12 on the road. Uh, they split their road games with Utah and Colorado. They lost 81-69. And then they came back from 12 points down against uh, Colorado to win that game, 76-68. Ethan Thompson had 24 points, and then uh, Trace Tinkle, uh, being Trace Tinkle, he hit the shot that put the Beavers in the lead for the first time in that game in the second half. Then, last week, this uh, Arizona schools came to Gill, and up and down nature of the start to the Pac-12 season just kind of continues. The Beavers couldn't overcome an 11-point halftime deficit against the Sun Devils on Thursday. They cut the lead all the way down to four with just 16 seconds left, but that proved to be too little time. Ended up dropping uh, 82 to 76 count to the men from Tempe. Trace Tinkle and Ethan Thompson each dropped in 22 for the Beavers in that game. Then last Sunday rolled around, mm -hmm. and the number 24 ranked Arizona Wildcats came to town. As luck would have it, the Wildcats I think were slightly tenderized by the team down the road in a tough overtime game Thursday. It seems like they carried a little bit of that loss with them, a little hangover because they poured a lot into trying to beat a top 10 team, which was a good news for the Beavers. They cruised more or less to an 82-65 win because the second half they just stepped on the gas and outscored the Wildcats 51-34, even their conference record at 2-2. Two and two. And that game was tied at half, but the Beavers completely dominated the second half, leading by as much as 20. Uh, Trace Tinkle continued his pursuit. Those above him on the scoring leader list with another 20 points. Ethan Thompson added 18 and 8 assists. And the Beavers, as I mentioned, are now 2-2 two and two in the conference, 12-4 and four overall. And uh, Trace Tinkle has been on a few watch lists, and he's still on the mid-season watch list for the Wooden Award, uh, the top 25 watch list there. And he's still on the Julius Irving Award watch list as well. It'd be really awesome for him to win some individual awards, mm -hmm. but I'm sure the whole reason he came back <clears throat> for his senior year mm -hmm. is to get the Beavers back to the tournament for the first time since 2016. This is kind of, knock on wood, the first season Tinkle's been completely healthy, and you know he's trying to get this team back into somewhat unfamiliar territory. Yeah, no, that'd be awesome, right? Get him in the tournament. We'd have two basketball teams in the tournament, knock on wood. That'd be great. Um, I have to admit, I haven't been watching the men play. It's just been... Uh, Kind of draining watching the women start Pac-12. It's been a good play, yeah. So it's exciting. Uh, they hadn't lost yet going into the uh, start of the Pac-12 season. Uh, we have mentioned before it does remain true the Pac-12 conference is a very tough place <laughs> to play women's basketball. Just great teams, top to bottom. 
team yeah. from Eugene is good, of course. UCLA is good. Stanford's good. The Arizona teams are good. We'll put a pin in that for just a second. Uh, Beavers are really good, too. They proved that by opening up the conference season by sweeping Utah and Colorado um, in the Utah game. Uh, Destiny Slocum at 16, 15 for Michaela Pivik and Taylor Jones, super freshman. Then Colorado came to town, and Michaela almost went ice cube, messed around, and got a triple-double. Uh, she put up 16 points, 15 boards, 8 assists, and then they beat Colorado by 12, 72 to 60. Taylor Jones had another double-double, mm-hmm. 16 and 10. She's serving up more double-doubles than in and out burger. I, yeah, I can not resist that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Destiny Slocum was Destiny Slocum. She had 18 points. So Yeah, so I, I was able to – I watched the Colorado game in person, but mm-hmm. I ended up watching Utah on television because I couldn't get out of work in time. Yeah. Um, so as expected, right, the guard play has been really strong, right? Um, Taylor Jones is doing really well. Yeah. And then Kenny Brown had one of her best games as well during that weekend. Um, what I will say is that both the freshmen got off to kind of a slow start. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just the start of Pac-12 play. I think the coaches in the Pac-12 – are preparing a little bit better for sure. them yeah. and the physical play. And uh, Maddie Washington stepped in for some minutes that I don't think the stat sh- sheet really shows. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, she came in in critical minutes when at the starts of games, grabbed a couple key rebounds, hit big shot, hit a big shot or two, took a charge, you know, and then that I think allowed some the freshmen to kind of get a bit more comfortable on the yeah. floor with having a veteran on the floor. <laughs> yep. So I think. As the team goes deeper into the season, I look to Maddie Washington to continue to kind of show um, some leadership there as a senior, and then I think that'll really kind of hold out to help the freshmen along. Be kind of a calming presence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And they had to go to Arizona. Uh, the yeah. Beavers uh, went to Ludos and Court at Michael Arena as the number three team in the country. They were 14-0 and at that point, yeah. one of the last two unbeaten teams in the country. They left 15-0, and but it was a close one. They were still one of the unbeaten teams in the country, but it took the last second heroics by who else? Michaela Pivik. The Wildcats overcame d- double-digit leads twice. In the second half, mm-hmm. they actually got ahead by a point, mm-hmm. and then uh, they tied it all up at 61 with just, uh, what is, 11 seconds left. Pivik does what Pivik does. She hits what proves to be the game winner with 1.4 seconds left, and then Destiny Slocum got right in Arizona's uh, shooter's face for the last mm-hmm. gasp, and Beavers got out of the old Pueblo with the win, and Pivik went for 17-10, and 10, and Slocum had 13. Taylor Jones went for 12-11, and 11, and Kat Tudor, good to hear her name, uh, yeah, Kat Tudor was shooting the three really well that game. She actually had four point play where she got fouled on a three point shot and made you know made, obviously made her three free throws. Um, I think we said it last year during our la- our season wrap up. Right, Arizona was going to be tough. I yep. think Adia Barnes, who's the coach down there, is building a very dangerous program down there. Yeah, that um, was a close one. Was a it was line. a very that game could have like rightly could have been dropped because I think Ari McDonald from Arizona didn't have a really great game. She missed quite a few shots. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, and then Arizona gave a tough game to Oregon too on that following Sunday. That's so, true, they did. you know, going forward, I think the road trip to Arizona is going to be tough and it's going to be a, a, a state that everyone's going to be uh, not willing to, not really going to have a fun trip on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a really great. And Ari uh, McDonald had a, had a off, Day yeah. offensively, but you were saying earlier she played really hard on defense. Yeah, she was playing some really tough defense, and I think she was really uh, 
hounding Aaliyah Goodman on the ball. And so I think you can sort of start to see the, our guards get, get some frustration as mm-hmm. that defense was going on and the game went on. Yeah. So, yeah. And then Sunday afternoon they went to Wells Fargo Arena in Tampa to take on the previously unranked uh, Sun Devils. A team that somehow has been kind of Which overlooked. I don't understand. Right? They, she always, like Charlie Taylor Thorne, always puts together a tough team. So I don't know why they've been overlooked. Yeah. So, so they, and they couldn't be ignored after they beat uh, the team from Eugene on last Friday. Yep. And then the Beavers knew beyond a doubt they had a fight on their hands. Neither team shot the ball especially well. Um, Beavers managed a woeful 31% shooting from the floor and just 10% from three-point territory. ASU didn't shoot a lot better, but they did make 82% of their free throws while the Beavers hit 61% mm-hmm. of theirs. Uh, all those missed shots did allow for a lot of rebounds, and that's good. Yep. And the Beavers did um, out-rebound the, the Sun Devils 47-37. Yep. Uh, but if you're counting, that's 84 missed shots in the game. Yep. Uh, ASU played really tough defense, and they held to that, and they forced turnovers, uh, 15 of them from the Beavers. Uh, Michaela Pivik and Destiny Slocum each put up 13, and Taylor Jones added 11. But the Sun Devils won 55-47. I didn't get to see that game. I just got to watch the highlights. But, mm-hmm. Brian, I know you uh, got yeah. to watch it. And, I was watching the game, and it was an ugly game. A lot of uh, missed shots. Um, give credit to ASU. They were playing really tough defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and But then also, I think, from the OSU offensive um, side, I got the sense, or it seemed like, the team was almost like I got the same feel like when Sydney Weiss was a senior, mm. where the team was kind of like waiting for her to like take over yeah. and pull out the win. And it seemed like in some cases, a lot of plays they were kind of like, "Hey, okay, okay Michaela, you got this. What are yeah. you going to do?" And then you know, Michaela was trying hard, um, but you know, th- there'd be just missed shots, um, and then there, you know, the bats, couple pass, bad passes because of the tough defense. Um, Aaliyah Goodman and Kat Tudor just had a really tough shooting night. Um, they had good looks, but the shots were just not falling. Yeah, you um, said uh, two Taylor Jones missed yeah, some chippies. Yeah, Taylor Jones missed some shots right next to the basket that she normally play normally yeah. would get. And like the commentators were even saying, they were like, "Oh, that's surprising." You know, she's shooting sixty percent from the floor. We don't right. know what's going on. Yeah, so, she's usually catch two yeah, score. So you know, it's um, there's a lot. A lot of missed shots there. Um, there was one incident in the game that got interesting, and then some people you could see it as bad, or some mm-hmm. people could see it as good. But like um, Robbie Ryan was hounding um, a lot of the OSU guards the whole mm-hmm. game, and at the end, like uh, Michaela Pivik and Robbie Ryan kind of bumped into each other. They whistled a foul. It, it did get Robbie Ryan out of the game at uh-huh. late in the game. Yeah. But, you know, they also called a double foul on Michaela Pivik. Uh, when sure. you really watch the replay, they just kind of walked into each other when they weren't looking. And so I don't know if it was really a foul or not. But um, some people could see that as, you know, Michaela's just letting the frustration out. Um, it, but it's also, on the other hand, it's good to see that fight and emotion because she's normally just so, yeah. like, like poker player, fine, you know, but there's a fine line there. So oh, there's sure. something like that. Yeah. Um, I think you and I were talking about this, you know, texting each other back and forth during the game. Yeah. Like, I think it's good that they take the loss now. Yes, definitely. Um, and I do think they'll bounce back through the adversity and play tougher. Um, so hopefully it'll pay dividends uh, as the season goes deeper. Yeah. Um, there was something going online. Like, I've been, I'm a part of some message boards and chats and all that. And mm-hmm. There's always these, always these armchair quarterbacks sure. who, um, we're kind of complaining that Coach Ruick didn't take a timeout in time to stop the runs and this and that. And 
like he was waiting too long. And some of the commentators were kind of saying that too, like, hey, you know, Ruick, I'd expect him to take a timeout sooner, things like that. Uh, my view from watching the game is mm-hmm. I disagree. Like, I think he wanted this time to watch the team develop face some adversity on the court, see who was going to take over. See how they Yeah, how they're going to bounce back on the court and who was going to step up. And then, you know, they lost. But I think, you know, as he always does, he's going to walk in and say, hey, now you know any team can lose and you guys have to step up on the the court. Um, So I think he really was kind of taking the long view of that game. And and that was just at least my perception. Well, yeah, and it is January. And what they want to be prepared for is in playing in March. Right. That's what we all want. So we just have to remind everybody that our fans are like, we want a deep run in the tournament and all of us to end up in New Orleans this year. So we'll see what happens. So. Um, right now, OSU is third in the Pac-12 behind UCLA and Stanford, tied with Oregon. Uh, I think the rankings came out. They're seventh in the nation. And according to Bracketology, would be a second seed in the mm-hmm. Portland region. Um, the interesting on that Bracketology, uh, seven teams from the Pac-12 are included in the tournament, which previously was like six. So Colorado. Okay. Um, is getting some recognition as well because they were undefeated before the start of Pac-12 play. So yeah. there, uh, Michaela Pimpick, I, you know, again, she's still, still for my people that like, yeah, we didn't win the game, but she's still a fantastic player, right? So she's a 5'10 guard leading the Pac-12 and rebounding. I think on the all-time rebounding list, the only person that's ahead of her who she will catch this year, we think, is um, Ruth Hamblin. Who's a center? Right. So that shows you how yeah. insane that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So again, just keep watching her because she's just really fun to watch. Uh, some other OSU women's basketball uh, acknowledgement out there. So OSU recruit Sasha Goforth mm-hmm. was just named, I think it was yesterday or earlier this week, to the McDonald's All American nominee list nice. for the year. So again, keep. Keep an eye on her and look forward to having her on campus. So great, awesome! Hey, before we take a, a look at what's coming up, mm-hmm. just a fun little fact yeah. about basketball. Uh, on this day in 1892, no less, January 15th, significant anniversary in the history of basketball. Dr. James Naismith, who's credited with inventing basketball, um, he published the official rules for basketball in 1892 in the YMCA Springfield College newspaper called the Triangle. Um, mm-hmm. Thirteen original rules. Um, the main ones that still are in play are the five seconds before inbounding and fouls, personal fouls. Oh, interesting. Uh, that, of, that lasted. Yeah. That, the, the rest of the game, it looks a lot different from what he uh, originally drew up. But, you know, it was also there's an OSU connection to Dr. Naismith, and that is that Ralph Miller, may he rest in peace, uh, actually met Dr. Mm-hmm. James Naismith when he was playing for Fog Allen at the University of Kansas in the 1930s. And then, um, you know, Coach Miller, of course, had a little bit of success at OSU, second most winning coach after Slats Gill. So it was just kind of fun to see that. Uh, And Dr. Naismith, to think that we had a coach at OSU who had met the guy that is credited with inventing the game. I mean, they named the the court for him for a reason, right? Yep, absolutely. So I just thought that was a little fun fact. Cool. Um, now we can talk about sports coming up. That yeah, was what's coming up? <laughs> yeah, that's great. What's coming up? Here? Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, baseball season. Almost here. Beavers open up their season in Surprise, Arizona against the University of New Mexico Lobos on Valentine's Day. Then this weekend, more uh, recent or more close future, the 
weekend, the Beavers will find themselves in the state capital of California to take on the Sacramento State Hornets, as well as the Arizona Wildcats, although it's not technically a conference meet. The conference season starts on the 25th, when they will actually meet up in Tucson with Arizona for a dual meet to kick off the Pac-12 season. Okay. Uh, wrestling team's Pac-12 dual meet season is going to get underway as well. This weekend, they have to go down to Arizona State. Always tough. Yep, Arizona always, State Sunday. Always tough. So that's going to be a, State. Yep. a good meet. Uh, men's basketball, they're off to Seattle, more specifically into Montlake, uh, to take on the University of Washington Huskies on Thursday night. Beavers 2-2 two and two in the conference. Huskies 1-3. and three. Saturday, they find themselves to land the time for God, the Palouse. Uh, Terrible place to be in January. Thank goodness it's basketball season, not football season. Uh, the Cougars are one and three as well. A road sweep would be huge. Beavers really need that. Right now, yep. they're in sixth place in the conference, and as the season rolls along, they don't want to drop any lower if they're going to have any sort of hope of making the postseason. So this is a big – I mean, they're all big once the conference season starts, but this is a big road trip. Yep. Uh, women's basketball is going to be hosting the Northern California teams this week. Yep. First, the Cal Golden Bears – which they may have learned a lesson from Arizona State. You don't want to overlook. Bears are 0-4 in the conference, but 8-7 and overall. And they actually put up a good fight early against Stanford before finally just being plain overmatched. Uh, they lost Yeah, you can't overlook any team in the Pac-12. Right, exactly. Beavers need to pick themselves up, dust themselves off, reload, recalibrate, re-engage, because after Cal... It's Stanford, and uh, yeah. Stanford is the team that uh, took over the Beavers' number three national ranking after the ASU loss. Stanford 4-0 in the conference, 15-1 and overall, and this could be a real clash of the Titans. I know you're going to be watching that game. You're going to be yeah. Uh, yeah, in the building. Right? I'll be in the building. should be a barn burner. Uh, again, they're a, Stanford's a tough team, Carvin. You know, she's just a Hall of Fame coach. She's always going to yeah. have a prepared team, right? So uh, they have a couple friends, some fantastic freshmen of their own. I'll definitely be down there. Um, I do not plan to stop at in and out on the way down. You'll leave the double doubles. I'll try and leave. I'll try and leave the double doubles to to the team and, and go from there. All right. uh, but you never know. So yeah. yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Absolutely, it's an exciting time, and uh, it's yeah. it's going to be a, a fun weekend for sure. Yeah, it should be great. Um, and then after, actually, for women's, it's two tough weekends because then it's Oregon, right? Civil War time. So That'll it's going to be a big tough, battle, tough stretch of women's basketball. Yes, indeed. Up. So yeah. So uh, until next time, this is Pete and Brian Brian, signing off for the Orange, Black, and Beyond podcast. We'll we'll post again in here in a couple weeks. Yep. Thank you. Go Beavs. Go Beavs.